Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. You're tuned in to the fan. Five minutes past seven here in our nation's capital. Good start to the show so far. We got into some Washington Commander stuff. Dan Snyder edition. Terry McLaurin contract edition as well. And joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is WSA9's Darren Haynes, who covers the Washington Commanders. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Darren M. Haynes. What's going on, Darren? Happy Father's Day to you, my man. Hey, I appreciate you. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, everybody out there. A big day for all of us yesterday. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, Darren, let's get right into it, man. So, in the opening right, segment cool. here tonight, I was briefly talking about where things currently stand with Dan Snyder and when or if he will testify in front of Congress. What's the latest you're hearing about that? And if you can, explain how the heck we got to this point. <laughs> well, obviously, we have to go back far back how we got here. Obviously, it was the NFL investigation in, into the toxic workplace culture. You know, they find the team. And, and then, you know, obviously, some more findings eventually came out to where then Congress got involved. And, and you know, Congress really wants to hear from Commissioner, uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. who also really want, they want to hear from Commander's owner Dan Snyder. Now, the way things are working out in the, you know, the last 10 days, is that, you know, Roger Goodell says he's going to appear at this June 22nd hearing on Wednesday at 10 o'clock virtually. Uh, but everybody wants to hear from Dan Snyder. I mean, even just, you know, media-wise, we don't normally hear from Dan Snyder speak that much anyways, just when they announce the commander's name or when Ron Rivera was hired. Uh, but they really want to know what Dan Snyder has to say to some of these allegations of, about him that were brought up during that February uh, hearing with Congress with some of the former Washington uh, commander employees uh the issue is is that of course uh, i believe i heard you mention before is that you know dan snyder is a guy who is always lawyered up and he will fight to the end um he'll basically fight to the end and that's yeah. basically sort of what he's doing now with his lawyers he has his, his team you know I, they uh they, they sent me the the letter that they sent to congress today because uh the, the oversight committee wanted dan snyder they you know they they asked him again can, can you appear on this june 22nd hearing um after he, you know, he said he had a scheduling conflict last week, uh, that 9 a.m. deadline, he said once again that that scheduling conflict was intact, uh, scheduled a long time before they gave Dan Snyder and his camp the uh, the, the heads up. It basically, was like a three week head, uh, notice on when this hearing was going to be. So uh, he does he's he's not going to appear. I think there's also a strategic move in this um, because uh, there's many issues that I can name. Um, uh, on why Dan Snyder is not going to be participating in this in this hearing. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a laundry list of reasons uh, as to why he won't be there. 
Darren, what do you make? This is what really has kind of gotten me. If this was anybody other than an owner of a National Football League franchise, do you think there would be more pressure uh, from the House Oversight Committee? And is there more that they can do to make him testify? Or is this really his choice? So, I mean, they 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 rec- they say, hey, they said, hey, hey, Dan Snyder, can we we want you to uh, to testify in front of us so we can get more information about this? But you know, obviously, anybody who's lawyered up, they they they're they're not going to do that when they know a lot of stuff could be negative about him. I mean, some of the allegations that came out, you know, you already know that it's going to put Dan Snyder in a, in a tough situation. So the only option now, if you know, if all of a sudden things change and, and Dan Snyder shows up tomorrow. And said, you know what? I'm going to participate virtually. Um, what's probably the next step that Congress would need to do is, is issue a subpoena uh, to force Dan Snyder to appear in a hearing. Now it's it's a little bit too late for him to appear in that in Wednesday's hearing, um, so it'll probably be at a at a later date. Um, but Roger Goodell's going to be there, and and everybody keeps mentioning, and you also mentioned as well is. I feel like there's a strategic reason for this. You know, obviously, Roger Goodell, he works for the owners. He gets right. paid by the owners. And one of those owners is the Washington Commanders owner and Dan Snyder. Um, so will we, get the Dan, will we get the Roger Goodell that's protecting the shield and his owners and one of those owners, like I mentioned, Dan Snyder? Or are we going to get the Roger Goodell that during the Super Bowl press conference said, uh, to Dan Snyder, look, you're not going to do your own new investigation with your own investigative team. The NFL is going to handle ours. Stay in your place. Like, which one we're going to is going to show up? That's going to be a big question mark uh, on which Roger Goodell will show up. Um, but Dan Snyder does not want to appear. He feels it's a little bit on well, his party, his his, his attorney, yeah. uh, feels like he's he's not getting the right treatment. Meaning, like, usually when you have a court date, you, you reveal your, your, your findings. You share your findings, your evidence, right. so you can prepare yourself for this particular hearing. And, 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 and Snyder's camp is not getting all the information, um, just the information that, um, that was uh, presented, I believe, in, in the, uh, the investigation, which, of course, Dan Snyder already knows about. Uh, not some of these interviews that they were doing with, not some of these interviews the House Oversight Committee was doing with some of these former employees. So they, they, they want to be prepared, and they're not going to put uh, Dan Snyder in a situation for failure. Um, that's not what lawyers do. Yeah, certainly not what they do, and it would, uh, they, they wouldn't be making the check if that was the case. Uh, joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. Is WSA 9's Darren Haynes, who covers the Washington Commanders. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Darren M. Haynes. And Darren, as somebody who has been a fan of this team for a little while now. I'm only 24 years old, so I've only seen so much when it comes to success from this franchise. You, you haven't missed much. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, I haven't missed much, right? But one thing that's always been a topic of conversation, even since I first started covering, I mean, following this team, was how can we get Dan Snyder to be forced into a sale of this team? Him testifying, do you view that as the first potential step and to possibly ousting him as owner of the Washington Commanders? It all depends on what comes out of this hearing. Right. So um, let's let's kind of compare it to like what happened with uh with with the uh, L.A. Clippers owner okay. who got who got caught on tape saying racial things, right. and so he was he was kind of forced out. Right now, you know, there's allegations, and and you know, we don't know if if Dan Snyder was definitely 100% fully involved with this toxic culture. I mean, there's, there's different alle- allegations, but 
if there's something really, really strong, then it's up to the owners. Like this, the league's a little bit different where the owners have to vote, obviously. And, and so it's a possibility that could, that it could happen, but it's going to take a lot to force Dan Snyder to, to, to give up ownership of the team. I'm, I'm, I think it's pretty clear that this, the Snyder family wants to keep this team within that family, family tree. Um, a reason why Tanya Snyder, you know, is, is now, you know, calling all the shots while Dan Snyder is no longer doing the day-to-day operations um, to keep it under that, that, that Snyder, you know, family tree. Uh, so he's not going to give it up very easily. And Darren, I wish I had more time to pepper you about uh, Daniel Snyder because obviously it's juicy, hot button stuff. Let's switch things over to the football field here. Obviously, Terry McLaurin, a no show at mandatory minicamp this past week. Two part question here for you. There was a report from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that the team made a significant offer to McLaurin this past week in hopes of getting him there for the final day of mandatory minicamp. From what you're hearing, what is the latest on these negotiations, and how has the offense looked on the field without number 17? All right, so I'm going to answer your second question first. I, right. I, the offense has looked pretty good. There's been, there's been a few passes there where you see kind of uh, Carson Wentz sale one here and there, but but overall, you know, a guy like Jahan Dotson, who's, you know, who's a rookie, this is his first, you know, mini camp and stuff like that. The dude looks good, man. Yeah. <laughs> he, look, he, he, he looks really good. But then I always tell some of the people when I'm hanging around watching, you know, their, the OTAs and the mini camp, you know, the commanders always look good when they're playing against each other. It's when they actually have to play real games is when we realize, so uh, you know, either how good they are or how bad they are. Um, so, so I will say the, the offense right now looks good, but put an asterisk by that. Um, and we'll see no how that looks comes, you know, when, the, when fall comes along. Now, in regard, regards to the, the contract talks, you know, obviously Ron Rivera made it clear, like this, this team, you know, doesn't really go anywhere without Terry McLaurin in that conversation. And, and of course, you know, if, if the report is true that they made some particular offer to, to Terry McLaurin and it didn't work out, that's just normal business talk. I mean, I, I've been in the broadcast business for almost 20 years, and, and I don't accept the first offer that's given to me when, when they, you know, when they give it to Man, me. I'm going to throw you the bag, Darren. Yeah, you know, you know what? That's actually a lie. When ESPN, when ESPN gave me my first uh, contract to Anchor Sports, and it was more of a dream job, and I was like, I'll take it. I right. did not negotiate that, so that's a lie. But all the other contracts, I, I you know, you, you go back, you look at everything, and you come with a counteroffer, which, which may be going on right now. But, you know, Ron Rivera, he mentioned that they're – they're in the works. There's a conversation going. There was no conversation, and both parties weren't talking. Then you should be concerned. But the fact that there is an offer that's being put out there, according to reports, and that Ron Rivera is mentioning that they, you know, they're making some type of progress in this, or there's discussions going on, that's a good sign. And and I think a lot of Commander fans shouldn't be worried that much. I know I'm not because you know we we kind of went through the same thing with um with with Jonathan Allen last year. Right. But, so, but, Darren, so but Darren, not to cut you off, this was different, though, in my opinion. I'm speaking on the behalf of the fans when I say this. Okay. Last year, Jonathan Allen didn't skip any mandatory minicamp. My opinion and take was that they must be so far apart on these offers that McLaurin's like, to hell with you guys. You're not even making me a legitimate offer, so why should I be here? How concerning is that for you that a guy that is the captain of this offense and really the heart and soul of this football team choosing to skip out because they're that far apart? On negotiations. I bet you any money Terry McLaurin's sitting in his room wishing he can actually be out there. I mean, he actually mentioned yeah. before he, that he wanted to be out there. This is an agent move, man. Right. This, is, this, is, this is an agent and Washington commander power struggle. 
and, and it's what it's what you have to do. It, it it puts the pressure on the team because obviously the team is is preparing and and getting their their offensive continuity together. And because Terry McLaurin's agent says, "Hey, hold out because we're going to get you the money," this puts pressure on the team so they can't prepare really well. Uh, helps Terry McLaurin get get that money, but I mean, he 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 deserves it, man. I mean, like he does. He he does, he, he definitely deserves the money and. And it, it will contradict everything that the commanders are, or the the culture that they're looking to strive towards, if they don't keep a guy like Terry McLaurin, because he has literally been that type of player, that that model of what a Washington commander should be on and off the field. Well, Darren, hopefully, but I feel like they're going to get that. Do- I put it on the record. I Go did ahead. it with, with Grant and Danny. They're going to get that do- that deal done before training camp. I hope so. I re- I really feel that way. I hope so. Look, and I was telling the fans I was on Saturday. Look, be prepared. If something doesn't get done, because look, we've seen them do this in negotiations of the past. If something, if if the if the negotiations are getting that sour, don't wait to trade this guy. If you feel like there's no chance of getting a deal done, get him out of here. But obviously, we want number seventeen in town. Darren, we appreciate you stopping by, giving me some time. Anytime, my man. All righty, always a pleasure chopping it up with my guy Darren. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Darren M Haynes. We got to take a quick timeout, but when we come back, we'll switch things over to the hardwood. Big week upcoming for the Washington Wizards. NBA draft is this Thursday. And today, Wizards GM Tommy Shepard, he held his pre-draft media availability. We'll let you hear some of his thoughts on the other side of this break. Plus, we'll have a little group exercise. I'll put my GM hat on and tell you the one move the Wizards must make in order to free themselves of the mediocrity that they've been stuck in. And I'll let you guys out there hop on on this as well. If you're Wizards GM Tommy Shepard, what would be the one move you make this offseason to ensure the future success of this franchise? Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. Listen to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Really good idea not to pay attention to any noise that's out there. You know, we can move up, we can move out, we can move down. It's all kinds of options that are there. That was Wizards GM Tommy Shepard at his pre-draft media availability today from Cap One Arena. I'm Linnell Willingham back with you here on The Fan. About another hour and a half left to go in this radio program. In our next segment, we'll be joined by NBC Sports Washington insider Chase Hughes. He was at Cap One Arena uh, earlier this afternoon for Tommy Shepard's media availability. We'll ask him some of his thoughts on what the Wizards GM had to say. We're also asking about the latest on Bradley Beal, but Tommy Shepard mentioned it. Draft week, the rumors get crazy. It really does. I was talking to Quentin Mayo over the weekend, and we were discussing his report um, about the Washington Wizards and their potential interest in moving up from that number 10 spot. And as Tommy Shepard alluded to there in that soundbite, this time of year, kind of difficult to believe some of the things that you hear. And I had the exact reaction uh, when Quentin's report uh, came out, and then it was then corroborated on ESPN uh, by Adrian Wojnarowski that Washington had potentially had some significant interest uh, in moving up specifically to that number four spot in the draft uh, with their sights being set on Purdue guard Jaden Ivey. Now, it, it, it got me emotional a little bit because – Look, I'm I'm a commander's lover, but my heart and soul lies with the Wiz because they've given me more success since I've become a fan. As I mentioned, just 24 years old, and Darren mentioned it in the interview, I haven't missed much uh, from, from, from a success standpoint when it comes to the Washington Commanders. But as I mentioned, 
this team has been stuck in mediocrity, you know, just as the commanders have. And this is a big, big, big offseason for Tommy Shepard for, for a multitude of reasons. They've got a they've been stuck in this middle of the pack group. And if you're the GM of a basketball team, you're this is the worst spot to be. Because right now they're picking 10th and they're they're just bad enough to where they don't make the playoffs, but they're too good to end up with a top five pick who could potentially be a transcendent talent. Now, in my opinion, people really underestimate just how bad the Wizards have been in recent NBA history. Since Washington last had a 50-win season, check this out. The San Antonio Spurs have had 26 50-win seasons. Oh, there was more where that came from. I wasn't done. Since the Wizards last had a 50-win season, the United States has had eight different presidents. It it, it is really, just to put in and give you some perspective on just how bad this has been. LeBron James was born. Since LeBron James has been born, there has not been a 50-win season for the Washington Wizards. And obviously this year they got off to the hot start and everyone was talking about the potential of that happening this year. And then they came back crashing down to reality at rapid speeds. And as Tommy Shepard mentioned, and this is what he's supposed to say, they feel as if there are plenty of talent and prospects available in this draft coming up. Well, they'll be able to get a guy that can help change the trajectory of this franchise by staying put at pick number 10. But I don't know, man. There are reports and rumblings out there about Washington potentially trading number 10 to acquire a veteran point guard. And the names that have been floated out have been guys like Malcolm Brogdon. And I instantly say no when you talk about trading this number 10 pick for a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. One, the injury history has been putrid uh, for Malcolm Brogdon. We have already ran that race before. We've danced in that rodeo. We, we've, we've done it all when it comes to acquiring injured talent. I want something new here for the Washington Wizards. Get creative, Tommy Shepard. Now, look, I would be all for trading up from number 10 to number four, exchanging picks with the Sacramento Kings in order to get a prospect like Jaden Ivey. But as I've touched on a couple other times, and I'll ask Chase this when he, when he hops on here with us in the next segment, if you're Washington, what assets do you have that a team like Sacramento would covet enough to move down six whole spots? Now, we've heard a lot of rumblings about Jaden Ivey and his potential disdain with the Sacramento Kings franchise, which, in my opinion, is probably accelerating and facilitating these trade talks. Because if you're the Sacramento Kings, everything aligns up for you perfectly to stay at number four. Add to this nucleus of De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. So, So in my opinion, it's kind of a pipe dream for Washington to be able to move up from 10 to 4. One, because I don't know how motivated Sacramento really is to move because they're going to have a potentially, you know, 
franchise-altering talent available to them at number four. So I ask, why in the hell would they do it in the first place? And then if you're Washington, like, you kind of got to do something here, right? We've heard the reports about them going and checking in on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We've heard the reports of them checking in on DeJounte Murray. I also check in on Beyonce to see if she's single every now and then. I also check in on Rihanna to see if ASAP's treating her right every now and then. There's no chance. There's no chance. Look, I'm a handsome fella. So it might even be more far-fetched for the Wizards to get Shea than it is for me to bag somebody as beautiful as Beyonce, as handsome as I am. But my frustration here with Washington, and I laid it out for you, just mediocrity. You can't be stuck in the middle, especially in the NBA, because it's hard to get out of it when you, when, when you are there, when you're stuck in this chain of mediocrity. And if you're Washington, you got to make a big, another big swing here this offseason. And all the reports we've heard are that when July 1st rolls around or whenever NBA free agency is set to open up, I believe it's the first day of July, that they are going to make a max five-year contract offer to Bradley Beal. And we'll ask Chase Hughes on the other side of this break what that Welcome back. Lanelle Willingham here with you until 9 o'clock on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Joining me right now, though, on the BetQL guest hotline, Beth Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is NBC Sports Washington insider Chase Hughes. You can follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS on Twitter. Chase, how are you? And I'm appreciative that you didn't do what MJ did and tell me to beat it. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, man, it's funny. We rescheduled a few times, but we're finally talking, and that's yeah. the only thing that matters. Yes, we are. Appreciate you giving me some time, Chase. Obviously, Tommy Shepard had his uh, pre-draft media availability today from Cap One Arena. You were in attendance. I actually heard you ask the first question. What were your biggest takeaways from today's media availability? Well, it was 45 minutes, and I didn't have a lot of takeaways because, you know, like any good team president, he expresses confidence no matter what's going on, and he raises enough possibilities to not really leave you with uh, any great idea of what they're going to do. That's, I mean, his job is to make sure you don't know what his cards are. Um, but I would say my biggest takeaway was the fact that he said he's not afraid to trade the 10th overall pick in this year's draft considering that they may lose next year's pick because of the John Wall-Russell Westbrook trade. Um, that one is top 14 protected, so that what it, that means is if the Wizards make the playoffs next year, they'll trade their first-round pick. And he's saying that that's not going to prevent him from trading this year's first-round pick. And that would be two straight years without a first-round pick. And I think that's important to note because especially if you're going to give Bradley Beal a Supermax contract, whatever contract he gets, it's going to be a lot of money. The best way to offset that in the salary cap is with, uh, rookie deals like you, you want guys with upside on cheap contracts so I think um, keeping your first round picks is really important in doing that it's kind of what led to Ernie Grunfeld's downfall is trading away too many first round picks and then you know your roster got expensive and you didn't have enough debts and you didn't have enough upside so that was the takeaway and then also some of the things that he said about the defense uh, that the Wizards need more dogs uh, which I think all of us can see and then also 
that he thinks Bradley Beal is uh, one of the team's best defenders, which um, is something that I don't think a lot of fans would agree yeah. with, but it, it kind of meshes with what Wes Unsell Jr. said about Brad's uh, defensive potential. Yeah, definitely was interesting to hear him speak about Brad in that light on the defensive end. Definitely more to be desired, in my opinion, from him. But you mentioned the possibility of trading this number 10 overall pick. I talked to you off the record about the possibility of them trading up to number four uh, and trying to potentially select Jaden Ivey uh, from Purdue. From what you're hearing, is there a significant amount of interest uh, within Washington's front office in Ivy, and is the number four overall pick the only team uh, that we that we anticipate Washington uh, doing potential business with? Well, they definitely like Ivy. I've heard that for a while, and it's easy to see why. I mean, I love him as a prospect. Uh, he's so athletic. He's got good size, first position, great feel for the game. Um, just the type of athlete that you watch him against college competition, and the difference between him and the competition is, is so big. Like, I mean, he just blew past defenders, even in the half court, just like got right past everyone and would dunk all over uh, rim protectors. So I, I really like Jaden Ivey a lot, but it would be a really steep price to go from 10 to four. Like the best comp I can find is, uh, I think it was three years ago in 2019, um, the Hawks moved up or yeah, they moved up to the fourth pick. They traded with the Pelicans and it was basically from eight to four. And that essentially cost three first round picks. So that was from 8-4. to four. This is 10-4. to four. The Wizards probably have to give up a little bit more. And what doesn't make sense to me, as good as Ivy is as a prospect, he's not a guaranteed commodity. And you've got Bradley Beeler going to give him all this money. He's going to his age 29 season. Now, that's kind of risky if you think about the competitive timeline and the window that you have with Bradley Beal. And it's also interesting because what you would give up to go from 10-4 to four, um, that same trade package might get you a more established star. And I think, you know, maybe even if, even if you had to add a little bit more, that would make a lot more sense to me just because you're trying to find someone who can line up with Bradley Beal's competitive timeline. If you bring in Ivy, even if he's a superstar, it may take him a couple years. And if it's a couple years, well, Bradley Beal will be in his 30s. You know, if it takes three, four years, that'll be, you know, maybe by the end of Bradley Beal's prime. So, um, they've tried to move up in the past. They tried to actually move up to get Denny Avdia in, in 2020, and he ended up falling to them. So I definitely think they'll look into that. But going from 10 to 4 would be a, a steep price. So I think it's more likely if they did trade up, you know, maybe they trade up to 7 or 8 and try to get Dyson Daniels, who uh, would fit them perfectly at the point guard position. Joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider Chase Hughes. You can follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. In case you mentioned the potential of Washington, well, the foregone conclusion, rather, that is Washington giving Bradley Beal that max extension once free agency opens up uh, on in July. What other potential moves do you see Washington making in free agent? Is this, and is there, a, <clears throat> excuse me, is there a specific position uh, that you see the team targeting? I think you definitely look at the point guard spot because that's the glaring opening in their starting lineup. They don't have a starting point guard on the roster. And, you know, it's interesting. Tommy Shepard said today they don't have a point guard under contract. Uh, technically, Ish Smith is under contract. It's not guaranteed. So uh, maybe that kind of signals their plans with him. They've got a decision to make in a few days here. Uh, so it would definitely be point guard. And, you know, the point guard class this year is actually pretty deep. It's led by Kyrie Irving. There's a bunch of other guys like Dennis Schroeder and Patty Mills and Ricky Rubio and 
um, Tyus Jones. Um, but I don't know if there's like a perfect option for them that's going to like really elevate this team. And I think it kind of depends on what happens in the draft. If they do get a Dyson Daniels, then you're probably just looking for a veteran for one year to kind of bridge the gap until that guy's ready to start. Um, even if you, you trade back or if you, maybe if you pick Ty Ty Washington at 10, it might be a, a similar situation where you just need a bridge starter. But a lot of the, the guys that are available, you know, maybe you could get them in a sign and trade, but like Patty Mills, for instance, I really like his game, but he's not really the pass-first point guard that they're looking for. Or defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Jalen Brunson and, and Tyus Jones, those are two guys that I think uh, might be pretty expensive given how well they played in the playoffs. Um, Dennis Schroeder was a really good player just two or three years ago. He, he had a, a, a pretty good shooting year, and he's, he was a, a good defender in Oklahoma City, but it's been a few years removed from then, and you know he wasn't very good this year with the Celtics. So um, I, I think they're going to explore the trade market, but I, I really think a lot of it depends on how the draft shakes out because if they can find their point guard of the future there, then it definitely changes their priorities at that position. And Chase, obviously the priority for this franchise is getting back to winning on a consistent basis. Obviously, you, you listed out some moves there that the team could potentially make. If this offseason goes as expected, they sign Beal to the max extension, and they stay at 10 and take the best player available, how close is this team to – I'll phrase it this way. Is this team closer to being – a team that can contend in the Eastern Conference or a team that could be right back in the lottery next year if things don't improve in-house? Well, I guess it depends on your definition of contending. I don't think uh, that team as constituted is contending for a title. So, so this is my um, thing, I, right? So, so, I yeah, but I, so this is my thing. If well, you're not going to try to contend for a title, Chase, then what is the point of putting all this money into Bradley Beal? Because in my opinion, what is the ceiling of this team with Bradley Beal being your best player? Well, I, I would caution all this by saying that I, I, I don't think the team as constitutes gonna, is going to be what we're going to see suiting up uh, this fall. Like okay. they, They've <laughs> overhauled their roster quite a bit the last few off-seasons. I think the same thing is going to happen this off-season. Um, I think they're going to probably have to make some tough decisions on some of their young players, maybe try to sell high. Uh, you, know, you look at guys like Rui Hachimura and Kyle Kuzma who are one year away from getting substantial raises. Um, you know, maybe you can <clears throat> put them in a trade and, and get a little aggressive. I think they're going to be aggressive in the trade market, and I think they're going to try to put together a much better team than we see right now. Um, now, what is their ceiling, sort of generally speaking? Um, you know, a lot of it depends on the health of Chris Epsworth-Zingas, so I'd probably say a lower Eastern Conference seed. But, you know, when it comes to contending for a title or, or else, um, the conference finals is, is a goal I think you could shoot for in the short term just because that's something the franchise hasn't done since 1979. Like, if they won 50 games and they went to the conference finals, they would do something that, you know, generations of fans haven't seen around here. So I think in, in certain respects it's all relative. But, yeah, I mean, winning a title with, with Bradley Beal making that much money, obviously you're, you're several big pieces away. Um, but if they can get on, on the path towards competing for the conference finals, I think that's a logical first step from where they are, which is on the fringe of the playoffs. You get there – then maybe you can think about uh, doing even bigger things. And, Chase, before you got on here, I listed some, like, key events that have happened since Washington last won 50 games. And I mentioned the San Antonio Spurs have had 26 50-win seasons since oh, Washington has last won 50 games. So, obviously, they're trying to get out of this mediocre state uh, that they've been in. Uh, Chase, 
there's an opportunity for this team to improve in-house. Uh, they got some key young pieces on this roster that they think highly of, talking about Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura, and Corey Kispert. How big of a summer is it for those guys, and how big of a jump is the franchise expecting for them? It's definitely a big summer, I mean, for all of them, but I would highlight Denny Avdia because he's going into year three, and this is his first healthy full offseason. Right, He was drafted in 2020. There was no summer league. There was a, a, a shortened training camp, a shortened preseason. Um, he broke his ankle toward the end of his rookie year. It completely threw off his last summer. I mean, he had all sorts of setbacks in his recovery. It took like twice as long as I thought it would. He couldn't play summer league. Um, and yet he still got better at this last year. So I think him having a full offseason, healthy, um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what type of player he comes back as because I just was really impressed with the growth that he showed while not being given uh, the resources and the opportunity that you would normally have in a normal offseason. So I think it's a big offseason for him. Now for Rui, it's got to be noted that he's sort of playing for his contract future. You know, next year is a contract year. Um, I don't expect him to get an extension done this offseason. I, I think it would be smart for him to bet on himself in that regard. But if he comes back and is a lot better, you know, who knows how much more money he could make himself. So it's a big offseason for, for all of them. And Corey Kispert, I think, showed us toward the end of the year he's going to be a good player. And, um, you know, he's going into his second year, so I wouldn't say it's as big of an offseason for him as the other guys. But definitely those, those two, Denny Abdi and Rui Hachimura, big summers for them. And Chase, as you mentioned, big offseason for the team. It starts this week, Thursday night's draft. Chase, I appreciate you giving me some time. Absolutely, man. Anytime. That was Chase Hughes joining me on the BetQL guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. When we come back, we'll react to some of Chase's comments. And I'll. Welcome back. Lanell Willingham here with you on the fan for about another hour. Been a jam-packed show thus far. I want to give a big thanks to Chase Hughes and Darren Haynes uh, for joining me. And we'll talk about a little bit more into detail about what Chase Hughes spoke about uh, there in the last segment. And I kind of hinted at it. I really don't believe, or I'm really not too optimistic, in the ceiling for the Washington Wizards if they are to sign Bradley Beal to a max contract extension. And before Chase came on, I listed to you guys all the significant events that have happened since the Wizards' last 150 games. And in my opinion, for the last 15 to 20 years, they've been stuck in this in-between zone of being not good enough to compete and not bad enough to get a high enough draft pick to add a transcendent talent. And the last time we saw them with a top five pick, it was Otto Porter, and we see how that worked out. So I think the big thing for them is, look, you got to realize and identify what the direction of this team is going to be moving forward. And in my opinion... Look, the only way that you are going to take significant steps forward as a basketball franchise is if you realize 
you're going to have to take some steps back first to get there. And I think the big hesitancy from the organization to deal Bradley Beal has been the simple fact of, well, look, we don't want to be a team that is winning 20 games a season. And understandably so, this is a basketball town. People will be up in arms about it. But you're going to have to suffer through some of those seasons if you want to get back to where you are. Because right now, you're about to sign Bradley Beal to a max extension. As Chase mentioned, Rui Hachimura coming up on a contract year. Chris Stapps Porzingis has one big year left on his deal. Kyle Kuzma going to be due for an extension. So Chase was kind of alluding to it. This roster is going to look drastically different maybe come next offseason. And a lot of those guys that you're banking on this season to potentially get you to a low lottery spot, I mean to a, a low seed in the Eastern Conference, we're talking about a ceiling of, being in the play-in tournament, that's what you're shooting for this year. I mean, the guys that you're running it with aren't even going to be here next year most likely. So my thing is, why wait? Why wait to tear this thing down? What are you waiting for? Obviously, and look, I'm as big of a Bradley Beal supporter out there as there is, right? I also am very honest in my evaluation of Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal isn't a top five to top 15 player in this league. And honestly, in my opinion, those are the only guys who deserve these max contracts. But obviously, the NBA has done this thing to where everybody's getting a max deal. The kid Miles Bridges down in Charlotte posting Cup Celine and, and Blunts on his Snapchat story, is about to get a max contract. So clearly the value of a max player has changed. And there's a difference of opinions between some of these franchises and the players, for that, for that matter, of, of who is worth the max. Obviously, Washington has decided that they feel Bradley Beal is worth the max. So when free agency opens up in July, they're going to give it to him. I'm just saying I'm not going to be a fan of the move. We'll take one call here before we have to go to break. Doug Farrar of Touchdown Wire joining me on the other side of this break. We'll do some NFL talk, but we get Rob from D.C. on the Wizards before we get to the break. Hey, what's, what's on, up, Rob? man? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, even with Bradley Beal taking a 250, I don't think that's going to put us in contention. And so my thing would be for two. Uh, of course, Bradley Beal is going to take the deal, but you know what's going to happen. He's going to sign the deal, and after one year playing in his, uh, you know, playing for the Wiz, he's going he's gonna to cry and complain, and they're going to end up trading him anyway. But he just want to lock that deal in, so he's not going to turn that, that deal down. Right. So he's going to take the money, and, and, and then, you know, after about one year, he's going to cry, so he's going to end up leaving anyway. So the Wizards just need to take, like you said, take a fall back and start over. Then when they had Brad and John, uh, you know, what was that, five years ago at their peak when they was playing maybe the second – they had the second-best backcourt in the NBA behind Clay and Steph. That's when they were supposed to go out and try to acquire talent to, you know, to, to get in contention. But as of now, they just, they just uh, they're just they not at that level. So they just going to have to you know, start over, trade their pieces, and start getting assets and, and, and go from there. All right. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Rob. And as a Wizards fan, I know that's tough. 
to stomach for a lot of you out there. But look, a lot of y'all got to take the position of my man Rob, who, who's echoing the sentiments of myself. Look, you, sometimes you got to take three steps backwards to take five steps forward. And right now, in my opinion, if you sign Bradley Beal to this max extension, you're lowering the ceiling of what this franchise could potentially be. And I know I want to see a championship here in Chocolate City, as many as well as the other Wizards fans do as well. We'll switch gears here on the other side of this break. I'll be joined by USA Today's NFL insider, Doug Farrar. We'll take a spin around the National Football League. We're just five weeks away from the opening of training camp. We'll get Doug's thoughts on what has been a crazy offseason in the NFL. Don't move. Ride with me. Leno Willingham here with you on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 